Mr. Festive greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... I'm Bex, and um, I'm a Key Stage 2 teacher from a 2 form entry primary school in Cambridgeshire, and I also help with initial teacher training as well. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also a Key Stage 2 teacher, and I've worked with Year 5 and 6, as well as Year 4 and Year 3. Abby Marison, I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. Hi, I'm Jen Langerskoff. I am an art and design teacher in primary, secondary and infant and I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with this week's Christmas folktale from the Middle East. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Come On Little Camel. There you can stream a video of me telling the story for your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the remarkable Corky Paul. Download the full audiobook anytime and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby Bexrob and also now Jen here for our epic Christmas party here on the podcast. Um, we're starting to look at the English learning outcomes that Elsie can share with us. And I kind of want to start by asking, uh, since this is a language-based episode, whether anybody caught on the significance of Elsie's name. Ooh, no. Is it linked to Alice? Alice the camel? Alice the camel? Who's Alice the camel? <laughs> You're not an earliest teacher, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really not. <laughs> it's not linked so no. to Alice, okay. I'm afraid. <laughs> it should <No>. be. <laughs> Far more benign than that, I'm afraid. It's a, a little camel. L-C. Oh, oh, yes. Very good. Oh, very <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that one, Rob. <laughs> I did. Uh, I know. Um, do you know which carol they sing in the desert? Which Christmas carol? Hmm, I don't know, no. Do tell. Oh, camel, ye faithful. Very good. Very good. It's, not, it's awful. <laughs> no, I love that one. You need to get a better joke book for Christmas, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, slightly better, but... <laughs> it wouldn't be a Christmas party without some Christmas cracker jokes. <laughs> which will, from now on, be called Rob Jokes. <laughs> uh, and, Bex, you, um, we, we were talking PSHE yesterday, and you mentioned just as we finished that you had a PSHE link that sort of rolled into um, the subject of English. So I was thinking a lot about um, the character of... Um... Elsie and all of the labels that she's given so like she's naughty and she's late and all of those things so I thought you could link it into hmm. your um PSHE sessions about um who you are as a person and what you are what people say about you and I think that links to something that Abby was talking about yesterday as well what people say about you as a character mm. and so I thought we could really explore the character of Elsie so um I'm kind of thinking about uh years three and four so that's kind of like your 
seven, eight, nine year olds um, in school and like writing a really good character description. But before we can do that, we need to do like loads of drama. So like some role on the wall where you might hot seat Elsie and do the things that you know about her and the things that you think about her and all the questions mm. that you've got about her character and who she is. And then I was thinking about um, linking into the character kind of description and discussion about how we label Elsie, talking about the the label of naughty, because obviously at this mm. time of year, you've got Father Christmas's lists and you are naughty or you are nice and exploring those words and actually should we use them, um, particularly like with our year three and upwards they'd be really interested in looking at the word naughty and and kind of it's quite a powerful word um mm. i always remember as a trainee teacher people saying like should you use the word naughty in school and obviously we know santa uses it every year it comes up doesn't it when we're talking about yeah. it yeah. so just um i was thinking it but it would be really really nice for the children to write a persuasive letter to santa to persuade them that elsie shouldn't be on the naughty list that she should be in fact on the nice list oh i like that so just really using all of those skills yeah of persuasion and perhaps you could do um i don't know if you've heard of conscience alley before where you send a character down the middle and you've got all of the mm -hmm. um like either side of the argument so you can either do a persuasive letter or you could do like a balanced argument that she should be on the naughty list no she shouldn't because she gets distracted by cactuses but um however yeah. so lots and lots of around that kind of label of naughty that she's given a discussion that could link into the pshe we talked about yesterday about actually the word naughty and should we use it what does it actually mean and then mm. linking it into the uh the letter to persuade santa to move elsie straight off the naughty list and put her on the nice list yeah definitely and that you've made me realize actually that most of the adjectives and description in this story are are actually quite negative. Yeah. Um, you know, even the older camels are described as things like stern and angry, as we've already heard. So I suppose now that you've finished the story, or you could say to your children, now that you've finished the story, would you rewrite it using different descriptions mm -hmm. for the, the characters? Yeah, and I was thinking you also, there's also the punishment element of, of it, isn't there, that she's late um, yes. because she's sniffing yeah. the cat, like distracted by her cactus every time. And actually talking about punishment and is it a fair punishment? Because again, you can link it back to yesterday's PSHE discussion mm. and um, like maybe they could talk about whether the punishment was fair for the crime that she'd kind of committed, which is being distracted by cactuses. So I was thinking <laughs> there's, there's quite a lot of opportunities through the exploring the character and actually are they exactly what as they're written by the end of the story? Do you still agree that Elsie's is naughty? Or actually, is she something else? Would you describe in a different way now you've got to the end? So I came up with, I found a couple of ideas which we could use for this. One of which was writing a modern version of the story where uh, maybe instead of camels, you might use um, Uber drivers. Um, <laughs> and one, one always gets distracted and doesn't quite make it onto the route, things like that. So just to get the children to think about the messages in the story and how we could reuse those, but in like a modern setting. Uh, maybe they didn't see a, a star in the distance because of the light pollution, but they received a tweet telling them where to go or, mm. uh, I don't know, a TikTok video or something like that. I also thought by the time you get to year five and six, quite a lot of the um, kind of poetry uh, genres have been covered, but you could have a look at performance poetry. Oh, yeah. I haven't prepared anything 
but I was thinking along the lines of like the Fresh Prince intro, could you do something with this story, but in that kind of situation where you talk about use the like the language and the rhyme and things like that to to get you through it and um, not quite as interesting as performance poetry but to write a script for the story so you think about what each different character is saying and you think about your know, stage directions and your know, brackets to show how people are talking and things like that as well again it's a more upper key stage two thing and it kind of it still links to the story but it's not quite as magical as some ideas which you might generate for English with younger children. Taking a completely different uh, slant on English with the uh, the early years and key stage one young people, rather than thinking fiction, I was thinking uh, to go down a non-fiction route with this, where you'd link it to, to science, because I think it would be really useful to explore what young people have to, to learn about habitats and different types of animals. So because... The introduction to this story makes it really clear the camels are from the Middle East. It would be really nice to then look at, okay, let's have an animal who lives underwater. Let's have an animal who lives in the sky. And then would their story be the same? So the report writing would come in a way of of them actually thinking about what they eat. So do they eat cactuses? No, they don't. They eat something else. Uh, is their, is their habitat sandy? No, it's not. Their habitat's a tree. And, and getting them to think about those those very specific, you know, where do they live? Where are they from? Mm. And then depending on the age, you know, if you're, you're thinking reception right up to year two, thinking about whether you want to orally rehearse some of these ideas rather than try and uh, get them writing it. So just maybe even doing a little game like Consequences, where one person would write down an animal, fold it over, another person would write down a habitat, so that they're only having to use their phonics to write one single word, but then you pull it all together and you might have a, a funny creature from from all, from somewhere else. But it's really getting them to think about what a habitat is, what a diet is, what and and different continents that they might be from. And particularly in, in year one, year two, they'll be starting to look at the continents around the world and, and learning about the different types of climates that those different continents have. So there's there's some very non-fictiony uh, ideas, but you could throw uh, throw all kinds of things at it depending on where you wanted to go with it. Well, just before we leave the topic of English, I think we should also mention your wonderful Christmas jumper, Abby, because that's sort of on the English topic. Well, in in a way, it's it's got a, a line of dialogue from a very popular Christmas film. Would you like to read it out for us? Uh, I, it depends if I can do it in any justice to the film. But uh, yeah, my lovely red jumper that you can all see uh, says in white writing across the front of it, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Can you guess the film? It depends if it's the, the, the very interesting remake that they're about to bring out of the cinema. <laughs> oh, are they making They're remaking it? Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Why ruin a classic? <laughs> uh, for the same reason that we, we like to revisit characters, I suppose, to, to remake them for a new generation. Mm. They'll be doing that with uh, Elsie the Little Camel. I mean, they do it for Santa every 
10 years or so, don't they? Mm. Um, so just kind of as a final thought on English, I was just thinking about the really rich vocabulary that's in the story. And and um, mm. there's been a real focus since the summer, um, particularly from our best friends, um, if you're a teacher in a primary school, Ofsted, all about vocabulary and huh. having a vocabulary rich classroom. And just as I was um, as I was reading through the story again, I was just looking at some of the words, like there's, there's the word acrid in there. Like, do the children know what it means? Have they heard it before? Can they... So, the type of word class it is just thinking that's mm. an amazing word and if if whatever age group we are teaching we should be exposing children to this amazing language and I've always read that research that if they can say Tyrannosaurus Rex at five they can also say some of the and um, use some amazing vocabulary so just yeah, thinking absolutely. about displaying it in your classroom maybe on little camels there was like inspect as well I thought I'd love them to use the word like oh they were inspecting this rather than they were looking at it then there was especially when you've got Ofsted coming around exactly (laughs) Um, like furious and then there's the word punishment and then there's the word resplendent which I just think is beautiful Mm. and really unpicking some of the language and how do we you know even when we're coming across it in the story how do we decode this unknown word so looking at that for our early years and key stage one children and then what does it mean what type of word class is it and can we use on our own writing for further up the school and maybe just doing a little bit of focus on the vocabulary because it's a really it's got some amazing words it's great writing amazing words choices I think we touched on this a little bit with the Bogart and the Farmer story, didn't we, about the the value of having refrains or, or repeated yeah. sequences in stories. Um, because as we do here, the first time you enter the desert, it's using very familiar words like dry. Um, whereas when you revisit it, that's when the word acrid comes in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, when you get to that story, because the children already have a, a, a picture or, or an, an idea of the, the desert in their mind, they, they're going to straight away understand what that word means because it's, it's attaching a label to an image that they've already got. So you will hopefully be able to find that if you ask those questions after telling the story, you know, what does acrid mean, they are more likely to give you the, you know, the right answer mm. compared to if you just ask them randomly a week or two before you tell the story um, to define acrid for you. I was thinking that I would have looked at it beforehand, picked out all the vocabulary and shared it with them so they could have an even more of an understanding of the story when I was reading it. Hmm. So these are some of the words that we're going to, particularly in Key Stage 1 and early years, that we're going to be looking at in our new story. Let's find out about them and then then they can understand them even more in context. But you could do them either way, but yeah, that's yeah. Just, a, just a second idea. So now you have two. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you're soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. In a slight departure from our usual routine, we'll spend tomorrow discussing the art Elsie can help us teach. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And we we hope hope to hear hear your your story story soon. soon.